I'd like to thank my sponsors, Round the X and Voyager, for making today's episode possible. We'll hear much more about them later on in the episode. What is up, everybody? This is Scott Melker, the host of the Wolf of All Streets podcast, where two times every single week we talk to your favorite personalities in Bitcoin, crypto, finance, art, sports, technology, politics, basically anyone we find with a good story to tell. The show is powered by Blockworks Group, a media company with over 20 podcasts in their network. You can check them out at blockworksgroup.io. If you like the podcast and follow me on Twitter, you absolutely need to check out my website and join my newsletter where I share all my trades, charts, analysis, market thoughts, and lessons on improving your trading and investing. And you can check that out at thewolfofallstreets.io. So today's guest began his career in the investment banking industry, but decided to become an entrepreneur after developing a passion for emerging technologies. He went on to co-found Noya to challenge and improve the way the internet works. Jonas Simonavichus, is that correct? Did I get it? Yeah, that's, that's as close as people get. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I tried my best. Is now working to improve the internet's capabilities for consumers at a mass scale. Jonas, man, thank you so much for, for being here. No problem. Happy to be here. So what is the exact pronunciation? Because I tried, I've listened. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Jonas Simonavichus. See, I thought it might be Jonas, but I heard you pronounce it as Jonas before, so. <laughs> yeah, it's just easier for people normally. So you're a man of many names, I guess. So let's start from the beginning. As I mentioned, I know that you were in investment banking and kind of led to tech. What was your, uh, you know, your path like? When did you start getting into to this? Sure. So uh, I guess everything started when I... Uh, started doing a software engineering degree at uh, University of Edinburgh uh, and then did computer science and then switched to computer science with management. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we used to did uh, internships at investment banking uh, areas and then I did several internships and then stayed with one of the investment banks for several, several years working as an application developer in a trading team. Uh, and then, as you said, later on, uh, went to entrepreneurship and had another startup in London uh, before starting Noya uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, so ever since we started Noya, I've been there uh, as a CTO and a co-founder, uh, leading the technology team and the innovation on the tech side uh, for the last two years. So you weren't actually an investment banker, you were working on the tech side of investment banking. So you were always in the software side. Yeah. So I had a software engineering background, but I was always interested in finance. I used to also, you know, trade, uh, et cetera. And I was, uh, I had a lot of background in, in finance as, as a hobby on the side. That's why I went into investment banking. Uh, even though as a role in technology and software uh, engineering, but for those roles, you had to understand finance products because we used to build platforms to trade uh, exotic derivatives, equity derivatives, uh, asset-backed securities, things like that. So I also have a CFA level one uh, uh, exam passed as well, uh, cool. just to get uh, more background on the finance side. So I had, to, I had to know enough about finance to do my roles on the engineering side. So do you still trade? Uh, no, 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 not professionally, no. So, you know, I, let's just say I manage my own investment portfolio, that's all. Yeah, well, I think that's what most people arrive at. So let's talk about uh, what you're doing now, obviously, at Noya. So maybe we should start with what are the problems with the internet 
now because I think your average person just uses the internet. They don't think about it. You type in a web address, it happens. So what, what, are, what are the issues that we have now and what are you looking to solve? Sure. So uh, I guess, uh, you know, what uh, was showed recently with the COVID, COVID pandemic and everything, uh, that was one of the first times where regular people saw that internet sometimes stopped working because we used to also hear about is that everything's fine, internet works, but if you actually dig deeper, companies are paying huge sums of money to have private internet lines uh, bought and connected for them so they don't have to use just the public internet you and I are using every day. And for, for, for software applications, CDNs, et cetera, uh, content providers, they spend a lot of money and effort uh, so that everything works for you and I. But one of the core problems of internet is that the protocols are, are actually quite old. So the main protocols uh, doing the routing is, is, is called BGP and which still controls most of the internet routing uh, uh, across the world is, is, is pretty old. I believe it's, it, it started you know, since 1994 or something like that. And, and, and hasn't changed largely. So, so it's really hard to change, you know, the, the, the internet core protocol because then everyone needs to adopt it. So there was some evolution and, and different layers and products uh, created to solve those problems, but no one really had a, a, a solution to have a new layer of internet which is automatically optimized, secure, uh, and, and really made for the users. Uh, as opposed to letting uh, you know the currently uh, run infrastructure by internet service providers, data centers, etc., uh, control the routing and capacities and everything, uh, and and they do it not in a most optimized, most efficient way for the user. They do it for you know sometimes uh, business reasons, for cost optimization reasons, etc. Uh, they they often don't do it in the most optimal way. So does that mean that the internet could be much faster? Does it mean that the internet is at risk of completely collapsing? I mean, it seems very strange that the thing we use the most often is basically built in 1994 uh, with the velocity of technology and how much new technology we have. That seems somewhat absurd. Yes. Yeah, so the internet could be, uh, could be both much faster and much more reliable. So, you know, the, the problems companies, applications, and users face every day is, you know, these networks are extremely diverse. And then, you know, it's, the internet is extremely distributed. That means everyone's controlling their own bit, and it just some, somehow somewhat works. Uh, so it's, it's often referred to as a best effort basis, and that's what internet is, unless we're talking about private infrastructure, which is worth billions. So what NOI is trying to do is to take that uh, public internet and then treat it really as a layer of cables and not the working product. So we're using internet as our transport layer and then we will use hundreds of thousands of pops on this current internet and then we put the optimization and security layer on top so everyone can use an optimized and secure internet but we use the current internet as a one massive you know, dump of cables, which we can use more efficiently than it, you know, it can be used on its own. That's interesting. So 
and I've heard, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who talk about the problems with the internet and all the different potential solutions, I guess. Um, you're not trying to reinvent it. You're just trying to basically improve it with a, with a second layer. I mean, is that an accurate assumption? And why not just try to reinvent it completely if it's 1994 technology? In a way, that's accurate, and, and, and we think that's the best way because you cannot just, you know, replace uh, internet uh, while still keeping it, you know, active. online and without yeah. zero active and, and a downtime. And if you think about internet, it's extremely large distributed uh, thing, uh, and, and there's a lot of uh, technologies and companies involved. So if you were to agree on a completely new protocol in a day, that just would be extremely... Uh, unlikely in a, in a hard endeavor. That's why we have seen evolution on internet such as IPv6 is still gaining adoption. And there's, there's other technologies trying to uh, basically glue the holes and make it work as best as, as it can. But uh, we are trying to do one step further and not just glue a patch, but really build a complete new layer which can be used by everyone and optimize it, make it secure uh, but utilize everything and we've got working well, right? So BGP itself, uh, you know, even built, uh, you know, the roots coming from, from, from 94, uh, it's, 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 it's a working technology which finds any address on the internet. So if, if you have an IP address, BGP will find a way how to get to you, uh, but not necessarily in the most efficient way. It just does right. not account latency information into those calculations, but it will find you. So it's working pretty well as a transport layer. And if we can put, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of nodes on various different places on this internet already working and then optimize that. And during that, you know, we both encrypt it, secure and send it via a better path. Uh, you know, it's just a better layer. So you would be able to use Noia as a, you know, you turn on Noia on your internet and then you're using better internet but you still need right. to have internet. Right. So it's basically too big to fix. No matter, so the internet, the base of it is a layer that we're basically stuck with indefinitely, it sounds like. I think it will, it will, it will, it will change. Uh, it will not change overnight drastically because it's just too hard, uh, but it, it will definitely evolve. Uh, you know, as I said, technologies like segment routing, uh, which we adopted uh, very early on, IPv6, uh, this is a super powerful combination because, you know, you can put so much more information into each data packet and then, you know, the routers understand what to do with it. those data packets. It gives so much more abilities for technologies like ours and others to, to make more and better solutions even on the internet we have currently. So it will evolve, it will get better, but, uh, you know, it needs, uh, it needs uh, big drastic uh, innovative solutions like ours to to have you know to have significant change. So, who are your customers? Like, well, what's your customer look like? Is it the internet as a whole, or private companies, individuals? What what does that look like? So, our initial goal and target market is uh, companies and uh, also software developers, users, but basically uh, internet connectivity between uh, machines, machine to machine communication. So, the target market is. IoT, while you know, connecting thousands of devices to cloud, uh, then uh, software deployments, uh, connecting different servers in different cloud regions or 
or, or private infrastructure. So imagine any application like, you know, whatever, Uber, they deploy thousands of servers uh, across, you know, many data centers. Uh, any large application uses automated deployments and uses, you know, hundreds of servers connecting databases with their backend applications, front-end applications. So all of those deployments, they use machine-to-machine -machine, uh, connections, and we need to be secured and we need to be optimized. So we're launching with a product for software, uh, software developers, DevOps, uh, engineers, CTOs, uh, you know, to using their companies or personally to connect any uh, amount of servers and devices uh, in a secure and optimized way. And this way we will bring first traffic onto this network and start this business. But eventually our goal is to let every person which has internet participate. That means share their internet connectivity if they, you know, if, if it can be used to make someone else's connection better, as well as use uh, Noia, this new additional layer or better layer of internet, and then have their connections uh, also secured and optimized uh, for everyday use as well. So that's, that's the eventual goal. But we took a very uh, you know, gradual approach to, to, to actually do what's possible and gain traction, bring traffic to the network, get operational experience, and then uh, grow. Yeah, it seems like scale would be such a major issue that, you know, it'd be somewhat easy to start these things small. But then when you start talking about, you know, everyone everywhere, that it would become a, a major issue. How do you consider scale when you're planning now, you know, and, and slowly expanding? So if there's a couple elements to scale of uh, software engineering wise, uh, we confident you can make builds to scale. Uh, I think it's really about growing the network. So, you know, we already have 2,000 nodes uh, run by our community members, supported by our token. So we already support, with the current market capitalization and the token, we support more than 2,000 nodes daily to give their resources to us, right? So we, we're building a incentivized-based system to grow the network. And while you're growing the network, you know, the token economy makes it uh, also a, you know, uh, brings incentives for more people to join the network. And this way, we can grow the network to tens of thousands of nodes. And by that time, it starts to provide huge utility. You will start to have, and we already have you know, evidence of how many nodes and where do you need to have to have a lot of optimization opportunities. So you know, once you have a mechanism, a digital asset-based mechanism to incentivize growth of you know, hundreds of thousands of nodes, to enable you this amazing utility and then you just need to bring enough traffic into this network to make this the whole thing sustainable and self-run by the digital asset so the scaling problem is really based on uh, trust and growing the network and if you succeed there uh, you know you can solve the software engineering challenges but the, the, the core logic premise which just held to be true is the more available segments you have to construct paths from, the more optimization opportunities you can provide. So it's a true network effect. So you say it's based on trust, but really the idea is that it's structured so that it's trustless. Correct. I mean, you incentivize yes. your nodes, you incentivize everyone in the network not to behave badly and therefore they don't really require trust. 
Yeah, I think we'll make a quote from what, what you said. It's, it sounds counterintuitive, but, but it's really true. Is you gain trust to, to be trust notes, and the incentivization mechanism is designed uh, to have as, as stable and as good as possible nodes, both in terms of trust on the network. That means they have incentive to stay and be reputable and both in terms of uh, being a good node network-wise. So if you have you know, a, a node, a bare metal node in a data center, which has huge you know, collocation opportunities and you know, different internet connections to it, uh, it can serve you know, way more optimization opportunities than a node uh, which does not have very good internet connectivity. So that naturally draws more traffic into better connectivity. So, you know, those data centers or nodes which will have poor internet connectivity, they will earn less. And those which will uh, attract most traffic will be the best performing. So they will have incentives to stay on a network and then, you know, um, relay this traffic. And so this way, they, you know, they, they bring trust. Uh, but by doing that, we can make the system trustless from the centralization perspective. We can have everyone join and uh, the system based on the real demand we need in the network certain areas. So at the end of the day, you kind of then have a decentralized bandwidth exchange where everyone can participate with what they have and everyone can you know, buy certain capacity from it. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, I love the structure in general that has been developed because it really just incentivizes people to behave well. On the flip side of that, what's the punishment for behaving poorly? What's the punishment for being a bad actor, for being a poor node? Yeah, so it, it, it's, 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 it's pretty standard. The, the punishment is, is uh, you know, uh, it will be based on a, you know, monetary incentive as well. So if you, if you, if you want to earn your reward, you need to stay at a certain level of reputation or you get your rewards periodically and that doesn't have, you know, doesn't give you incentive to, uh, to, to, to cheat or, or you can lose some amount uh, what you accumulated already if you cheat. So there's really no way for you to just come and cheat because it costs you money to try to hurt the system, but you know, you will earn it, only earn rewards after some delay if you don't cheat. So, so it's really, you know, your own self disincentive. Now, from the client perspective, you are already, already paying for the traffic, you know, if it makes it, your data flows more optimized. So you're not gonna put your own node and then pay yourself to then get your own money right. and then still pay a fee to the system. So there's, there's really no logical, a lot of logical basis to, 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 to do that, to harm, to harm the system this way. Uh, in a fully decentralized model, of course, there will be a consensus mechanism to ensure uh, the cheating basically of two things, which is bandwidth being sent and performance. There's only two things you, you, know, you, you need a consensus on. And with certain level of control or trusted partners, you can achieve that you know, gradually. So, uh, so there will be mechanisms to basically prevent bad actors to, you know, to, to, to misbehave as, as in any system. And it will be, I guess, still, you know, as some sort of a fight and a, you know, it, it will work in most cases mechanism where the system uh, finds bad actors itself and then just does not send traffic, 
you know, the nodes get penalized, they stop participating, so we don't have incentive, and it costs money to run the node. So, you know, you can't do that. And this is all based on the Noya token, right? I mean, when you talk about incentives and talk about people getting paid, they're getting paid in your token, correct? Yes. So the, 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 the tokenomics and the model will be based, you know, on the token. But not to say that, you know, uh, um, not to say that, it, that, that any user will need the, to, 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 to use uh, the token, to use the, the system, right? So we will try to have a frictionless experience for everyday users, but the system and for the node operators, uh, that will be run by the token as a, as a you know, as a, as a trust-based system. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. It's so cool. So did you always intend when you started it from the very beginning to basically leverage, you know, a cryptocurrency and to do it, uh, you know, blockchain based as opposed to doing it another way? Because, I mean, there's other people trying to obviously solve the problems of the internet that have nothing to do with blockchain or the crypto space, correct? Yeah, so we always had the idea. And then once we started the company, actually, we started as a distributed CDN. Uh, you know, we just saw distributed things as fundamentally better. Uh, but of course, the world has not solved all the problems of decentralization and distribution. And in, in, in some scenarios and in some technologies, centralized technologies still take the lead, even though it's obvious that, you know, fundamentally distributed things uh, will be better. So it's, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, when, when Tesla started, electric cars, you know, people, people said, look, you know, there's all the petrol stations and everything. You can't just like, you know, it's, it's, you know, you can't just change that. But at the same time, by by now, everyone already knows that the future is electric, right? Like there's very few people who would argue that fundamentally the future is not, you know, people can say that it will take time. It will take, you know, market forces, whatever. But you know it's true, you know, it's the next level of the evolution. So similarly, yeah. we always knew distributed things are, 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 you know, are better. And we try to find ways where we can leverage, uh, you know, blockchain and the ability to make systems incentivized by themselves or, or fully decentralized. And, but, you know, so once we started the CDN, uh, we found more problems in the data routing and then moved towards the routing space. And then we created this concept of programmable internet. We really saw that it's possible to achieve that if we combine blockchain technologies, uh, you know, the new segment routing, IPv6 and other routing technology, network technologies now available to us. And also open source protocols like WireGuard, which we, you know, which we, which we use for encryption layer. Uh, it's, it's the combination and the timing of technologies I uh, just clicked that it's possible to do. And, and now we're confident we know a way. It just, you know, it will take time and effort to grow the nodes, uh, obtain, you know, enough information about the optimization opportunities, you know, deploy the software, keep the, keep the nodes running, you know, keep the trust uh, and all those things. How much of an issue is security? When you're building something like this, I mean, I, I'm certainly not a tech guy and I, you know, hacking uh, beyond its existence is not, I don't understand how it's done or what the fundamentals of it are, but you know, how, sure. how hackable is a system like this? How, how much does it put, you know, people's data at risk and the network itself? So there's, there's a couple sides of security in our project because it's just so, uh, so wide. So from a platform perspective and, and people using it, 
the user encrypts data end-to-end. That means the user owns both endpoints, both servers or device and the server. And, you know, not like in a traditional VPN system where you connect a server and then, and then go somewhere else. In this system, uh, your endpoints exchange the keys and encrypt data end-to-end. So we as a network never actually get to see your data. Even Noia itself will not be able to see what you're sending between those endpoints. So you, you, know, you encrypt them end-to-end and that's what the protocol WireGuard allows us to do. But because the data is encrypted, we can then uh, forward it through all of those nodes uh, without security issues because data is encrypted and the nodes don't get to see it. So there is no uh, so-called VPN exit node problem where you need to trust the exit node, which still needs to decipher your uh, information and then pass it on to, 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 to the internet. So from that point of view, it's, it's, it's the opposite. It's an easy way to encrypt your data. It's an easy way to create a secure tunnel. And then optimization happens when data you know, travels through the nodes. And what the nodes see is just like what your uh, internet provider would see on a cable. It's an encrypted data packet. Right. So, and because we, because we use open source encryption protocol, you know, we largely benefit, you know, we're wisdom of a crowd because you really don't want to invent your own encryption protocol. That makes sense. In terms of, in terms of security from the, you know, system and hacking the whole, bringing the system down. So of course, for that, you, you know, we will leverage the, you know, the consensus protocols. Uh, which are proven to be trustworthy and the smart contract systems, which are proven to be trustworthy. So for that, you know, we have uh, partners working on the blockchain side. And, uh, you know, when we still use smart contracts of Ethereum, uh, you know, obviously you need to have smart contract audits, etc. but you trust Ethereum smart contract layer. And uh, one, once we, and if we transition to a, a fully uh, own blockchain or ledger yeah. with our own consensus mechanism, that's where you know you'll need to make sure the consensus you know uh, you know works uh, as well. Is so that, that in the is that in the important. is that in the plans that you would basically create your own blockchain, separate from Ethereum, have your own oracles, you know, verify all of your own information, and and uh, basically internalize everything. So we have uh, we have possible architecture plans, and we have uh, we have plans how things could be possible to be you know to do now. Uh, but we know it will evolve and we already have our own you know blockchain team working on it so uh we're pretty sure we'll use ethereum uh to begin with because it's uh, it's you know it's it's enough to start uh the system and allow thousands of nodes to join the network it's enough to authenticate uh nodes to the network and pay them rewards to bring the network but once the system you know, runs our, you know, our, our, our own DARP protocol. We have a distributed autonomous routing protocol. Uh, you know, once we move towards this decentralization and open access, there might be a pivotal point where it's inevitable to have your own uh, consensus and validators as well. Right. So, so at that point, we will be either uh, moving to another blockchain or launching our own ledger. But we don't want to, you know, speculate or commit on a particular right. implementation because we know it will evolve once we get the first answers from launching the network. 
RoundTheX.com is one of my favorite companies in the entire crypto space. What they do is take all your small purchases and round them up to the nearest dollar and invest that spare change into any of over 30 crypto assets of your choice. They integrate with your favorite exchanges so that you can view various exchange balances all in one dashboard and round up into different assets all at the same time, and they do all this without ever holding any of your Bitcoin. This is by far the best way to dollar cost average into Bitcoin. Go to roundlyx.com and use the promo code WOLF for $4 in free Bitcoin after making your first roundup or purchase. That's R-O-U-N-D-L-Y-X.com and code WOLF for $4 in free Bitcoin. Are you sick of paying ridiculous fees to trade crypto? It's time you try Voyager. It's hands down my favorite place to buy and trade crypto, and it's 100% commission free. Voyager gives you easy access to more than 30 top crypto assets, and you can instantly transfer cash from your bank account so you never miss a trading opportunity. Even better, you can now automatically earn interest on your crypto holdings. Currently, they're offering 5% interest on Bitcoin and 6% on USDC. Yes, you heard that correctly, 6%. And there are no limits or lockups, which means your funds always stay liquid. Find out why so many people are making the switch to Voyager. Visit investvoyager.com or search for Voyager on the iTunes or Google Play Store and get $25 in free Bitcoin when you use the promo code SCOTT25. That's investvoyager.com, promo code SCOTT25 for $25 in free Bitcoin and start trading today. It's interesting because I've actually heard people sort of make the comparison of early internet, like 1990s internet, to Ethereum you know, relative to other blockchains that are faster. Ethereum sort of this world computer and it, you know, it's amazing, but is, you know, it's an old technology now in this space. It's relatively slow. It doesn't confirm particularly a lot of transactions in a short period of time. So, um, and now I guess this could be another topic. We see this huge DeFi boom, right? Which then increases Ethereum gas fees tremendously. Anyone who's been on Uniswap or has tried to send Ethereum around has noticed that things are a bit slower and a bit more expensive. So does any of yep. that concern you when you're building on Ethereum? And then I guess, how does Ethereum 2.0 play into your, your plans? Yeah, so, you know, one thing, yeah, I was also wanted to mention the Ethereum 2.0 and, and, and all the other, you know, initiatives, uh, it's, it's evolving as well. So we, we believe they, they're also working on, the, on, on these issues and Ethereum, you know, currently it's still, you know, a mo- most trusted uh, smart contract for sure. platform uh, for sure. So, and, and once when you're designing the system, if trust is a huge element and then, you know, the ease of, of use is, uh, is, is great, then you choose a balance how you design your system. So it's possible to design a system over the first stages of it where you don't need microtransactions or a lot of them. So... Ethereum becomes not a problem by an right. architectural de- decision, especially if you're planning later stages where you can always move to another blockchain if you hit those barriers. But for us, it didn't make sense to start with an untrusted you know, uh, system, uh, which might have uh, fantastic scaling opportunities, but it's still not yet proven before we need those scaling opportunities. But what we need to start with is the trust already. So for us, it just makes sense. And we, right. we, we, we took inspiration from other blockchain uh, products and, 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 and projects, for example, for our tokenomics model uh, as well. But unlike other black blockchains, when people created new blockchains, uh, it, it, you know, for them, they had to commit on an implementation and the consensus mechanism and everything. 
and then implement it and then prove it's trustworthy and then get the use cases on it, we have a pleasure of uh, you know, building it lean and really build up the company, build up the product, which will bring true network, uh, true traffic, uh, you know, and usage to this network. And, uh, and, and then, you know, uh, do that in stages when we are ready and actually have a traffic. So for us, it makes more sense to, uh, you know, to, to develop and launch a working stages of a network as opposed to commit to a design and then, and then face problems later. That makes sense. So what do you make of this huge DeFi boom now? That's all obviously primarily on Ethereum. Totally switching yeah, gears so, here, but yeah. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. Uh, I, think, I think it's in a way, and, and, and I really don't want people to understand it in a bad way. In a way, I compare it to the first uh, you know, uh, bunch of the ICO projects, which uh, raised capital for uh, fantastic ideas uh, and, and really pushed the envelope of innovation really far. Uh, but it just so it happened and then a lot of these ideas uh, later on struggled either to get traction or get executed. And uh, what we see you know, now uh, in the market is some of those projects really actually gain traction, build their technologies, you know, found real use cases, and they are partly also driving this, this, this comeback uh, in, in, in the markets. At the same time, DeFi is something new, which you know, the ICO and blockchain was you know, before that. So uh, there is now so much new ideas uh, in decentralized finance, which are all fascinating and, and truly innovative and, 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 and fueling this, uh, this boom. Uh, I believe some of them will turn out to be you know, the new, you know, the new norm projects like, like right. some of the first, you know, from the first wave, now we have some fantastic projects in, 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 in the crypto market uh, and it will serve a purpose. So this boom of funding new innovative ideas uh, is absolutely required just for the innovation because, you know, again, so much uh, capital flows into people who try to build stuff. Uh, so I really look at it as, as, fundamentally not a bad thing if anything i encourage you know uh new innovation uh, ideas people look at them uh you know make comments uh you know critique the ideas to to try and make uh, especially if those ideas are you know trying to make the world more you know more futuristic more you know deploying best technologies to the to the to the good of the public are there specific projects or at least general ideas that really excite you in that arena uh, not specific projects. I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, name the project, but I think fundamentally uh, there's a huge challenge for the existing, you know, finance uh, sectors, uh, both on the retail, uh, trading, investment, uh, etc. Where, you know, this new model of decentralized finance can challenge them fundamentally, and it will be a, a time frame uh, before. Uh, you know, the quality of the systems, the trust, the volumes, the, you know, all those details which will keep the existing uh, markets running, you know, the way we do now, it will take time for all those things to get perfected. But if you think about it, like really logically, what will happen? There are certain areas where it does not make sense to have a company in between, or it just does not make sense to have software which can fail or it just does not make sense to have, you know, other points of failure where, you know, projects which tackle those areas 
I believe some some of them, which will make the execution perfect, will you know will turn out to be the new uh, you know the new takers of, of of that market. Yeah, that that that's a good approach. I think that makes sense. So that actually kind of reminds me that we didn't even discuss how you got into crypto in the first place. So I know that you were obviously in banking and, and you were doing software, but like, what's your Bitcoin journey? When did you discover it? Yeah. You know, how early were you? Yeah. So my Bitcoin journey was Ethereum and by back was uh, back, uh, back in the time when I was at JP Morgan Chase, uh, we used to, you know, have a group of friends, which were, uh, you know, talking about technologies all the time uh, and what's new, what's latest. We were young and hungry. And and Ethereum, I saw Ethereum when it did its uh, its its ICO, I believe, and we we looked at it as this new supercomputer made from millions of computers, right? The world which computer, execute, yeah. yeah, the world computer which executes code, and and at the time even cloud wasn't as you know nor you know everyday thing as it is now. So cloud was cool already at the time, and Ethereum just you know looked something which is too big to even understand at the time, but it's big. So it, I started in Ethereum and I actually started mining Ethereum on Amazon's uh, computer. Yeah, I wanted server, to launch, yeah. And a web server. I wanted to launch a miner. And at that time, you know, it would have mined like, you know, a couple of hundred ethers a minute or something like that. It was the first person, you know, miners. Uh, and I had some errors, some bugs. Even the miner software wasn't that good. And I gave up, so I didn't solve that. I didn't launch uh, it. <laughs> if I had mining it, millions of dollars an hour of Ethereum, yeah. basically. <laughs> but, yeah, and, and and that's you know, but 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 I always you know kept a look and 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 sort of on the industry. And then during my entrepreneurial time after investment banking, I started traded crypto as a hobby on the side. But really, like just from uh, trying to understand the you know how to use wallets trading, the new concept of doing things, because I knew it's, it's, it's going to grow and I just need to be familiar with it. So obviously we've, uh, anyone who's been here for a few years has ridden the roller coaster of uh, the, the crypto space, you know, for all time highs and all the way down to huge lows, even as recently, obviously, as March. Did you ever lose your faith in that? I mean, you just said, you know, you wanted to be here. You believed in it. Did you ever kind of lose faith and say, maybe this is garbage and it's going to zero and I need to move on with my life? Yeah. So, you know, during the boom, I I, I was, you know, well than all involved in both the altcoin market and and the main uh, crypto markets. And I sort of saw uh, the projects... uh, you know, uh, and, 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 and I, I learned the lesson that when the market conditions are favorable, uh, you know, uh, everything, everything goes. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, real, uh, real ideas, real fundamental ideas, they do have a basis for value. And, 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 and then it converges to, you know, so it, it, you know, it will always have at least the fundamental value and then anything on top. So, uh, you know, so, so what I think is really important is to try and, 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 and find, uh, and, and find real, you know, logical use cases and things, how can, you know, how things can work. So I never lost faith in that. I know, uh, you know, by reading white papers and tokenomics models that these models can work, you know, it's proven by the, you know, the, the, the modeling statistics, you know, simulations. Yeah. 
Uh, For sure. It's just the way of adoption and, and having more and more of these projects. And then, and then you know, I think there's always going to be an element of speculation, but that gives this new way of, uh, you know, funding projects and, and, and innovation and technology. So I really never lost uh, faith in the concept itself. I knew people will find uh, how to use it to bring massive ideas, you know, to scale adoption and, and everything. So, you know, even, even back when Bitcoin was, you know, $2,000, Ether was, you know, something bucks, as well. Yeah, 60, yeah. yeah. I, I, I never lost faith that Bitcoin is not going away. Ethereum and blockchain as a concept is not going away. And then the markets will do their thing, but as industries, they're not going away. And then if you think, if you're not going away, what are we doing? Are we staying? Unlikely. It's very unlikely an industry just, you know, stays this young still. just stays. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so there really is the only way is more opportunities, more ideas, more innovation, more everything, and more means growth of the common industry. So, so you know, I'm still super confident that we're in a super early stages of, of crypto in general. You talked about just now that there's always going to be speculators. So like you have kind of the builders and then you have the people who are just trying to like make their money around it, obviously. And I mean, I think sure. that's, you know, that any small company has its investors or its venture capital. And at the end of the day, they just are speculators, right? They just care about making money, sure. putting money into something and making it. So starting a company in this space, what was it like? you know, uh, acquiring financing and dealing with those speculators and figuring out how you could actually make it happen, but still do it, you know, in the manner that you wanted to. A roller coaster. Mm. So it was a true roller coaster, but I think, you know, what we understood is that uh, the key is resiliency, uh, just resiliency, resiliency, resiliency. And, and, and then if you, you know, if you just don't give up and if you truly believe that what you're doing is fundamentally, logically right, then everything else is a matter of finding ways to do it and then finding the energy to do it. So if you, if you have the energy, you'll find the ways. If you find the ways, you'll do it if, if it's possible to be done. So for us, we just decided to not give up and that was all. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and there was better times and, and there was worse times where you just need to get inventive, get creative uh, and, uh, and be resilient. Uh, so it was a true roller coaster, but uh, you know uh, we have an amazing community of supporters, which are actually you know reading about the internet, following our tech updates, which are you know extremely detailed. Uh, they actually you know understand what they do. Uh, so so we really you know uh, thankful for that, and, and they helped us to uh, to live through the hard times. Did you have to raise any venture capital or were you basically able to do most of it through the community and through the growth of the token and, and such? No. So we, 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 we raised, uh, we raised uh, private money from venture capital and angel investors in the industry. Uh, we did uh, like at the beginning, we did a small public sale in, in South Korean market, but it was mainly uh, token distribution uh, right. for our foundational node program for our nodes and through, uh, through private investors and funds in a small uh, public sale so 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 yeah we 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 raised capital uh and then you know we we used it to build the technology uh we you know we and and and, and we successfully you know uh raised enough capital to to continue operations to go to market with our platform the product 
uh, you know, get uh, get those partnerships with the enterprises uh, who we want to deal with, and uh, and and then ba- basically make this whole circle close and work right because there's a lot of elements to it you know it's not only blockchain or only business if you really want to make a new layer of internet you need to you need to you need to solve a chicken egg problem of demand and supply so right. that's why you know we you know once you, if you want to launch the network you need people who will use it for that you want you need to launch the product and that's hard as a business on its own uh, so so we had to learn a lot we had to do a lot of homework and it took us time, but we believe now we will have elements uh, where we just need to grow, execute, and then and then launch the ecosystem. So if it's a scale of one to 10, one being Jonas sitting in a room, I have an idea, and 10 being everyone in the world is using Noia Network and doesn't even know about it, where are you now? Yeah, uh, good question. So it's, and, and, and I guess there's no good answer, right? Any number will be sort of just an interpretation, but... Let, let me tell you this, you but know, you're the best like, person to give that interpretation. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, then, then there's, you know, exponential growth graphs and like everything right. in life. Com- right. Com- it's not powers. linear. So, yeah. Yeah. So you do a lot of homework and every, every small bit you do in life compounds. And then, you know, you, you know, you, your, your target audience knows compound interest too well. I hope they do uh, by I, now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, so, so that works in life as well, or, or building a company or everything. So we're at the point where, you know, we, 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 uh, we, we entering a rocket, you know, we believe we're at the point where everything we, we do now will compound much faster. We're growing the team, the technology is, 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 is near the launch. You know, everything is just keeps, keeps aligning. And we believe it's the result of the two years of compounding work we've done with our partners, technology, you know, community, everything. There's really no way to cheat around it. Uh, you need to compound enough knowledge, you know, and, 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 and actions uh, to do that. So we believe we are uh, at an inflection point uh, where, you know, things will start terms. to accelerate much, much faster. Yeah. Like every project I talk to right now, like everybody, and I think it's actually true, but I think everybody feels like right now, 2020, like this is the inflection point of all these companies that have been working for two or three years and went through the crypto winter and did everything. It, it seems like it's just this explosion coming. Right. I mean, do you feel that yeah, in the industry as a whole? True. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like everyone yeah. I talk to is like, you see, finally, we're seeing main nets. Finally, we're seeing like the actual products that people have been talking about for two or three years. It just really feels like everything's about to go parabolic, sort of, as you said. And it makes sense, right? And that's exactly what I talked about. The first, you know, bunch of ICO products where, you know, some, some really did find great use cases and uses and everything. So, so, and it takes about two to three years. If you really think about it, it takes three years to build a startup, uh, no matter what you do, uh, you know, with certain exceptions, but, uh, but, but really it, it takes time to build something great. Uh, so, so and, and it is right about, you know, this time. And then what happens is then more capital flows into the markets because we see opportunities now, which are more real because some of the projects are showing real traction. And that just ignites the loop, right? Because, new, you know, new money coming into the market funds even more of those opportunities or the current ones makes and them execute faster. Fast, faster. Yeah. yeah. And that just fuels the growth. Uh, so I guess that's just the way, you know, the cycles of innovation work, you know, even from the dot-com boom, you know, there was all sort of sorts of craziness, but 
Uh, but during that time, you know, it was the birth of all the tech giants. So, uh, so I'm really happy about the, the, the influx of capital coming into, into basically into, into the development of new technologies, into, into, into the computer science, into, in, into distributed technologies. So, so I take it as a super positive effect in general. If you, if you, if you think, you know, 20 years from now, a lot of the answers would be different if you think, you know, two months from now. Two months from now, anything can happen, right? Uh, you know, any project can go up and down or whatever. But if you think 10, 15 years in the future, what makes sense, what doesn't? So crypto in general really, you know, fits the narrative of where the world's going and what problems it's trying to solve. So how much does like the global economic situation right now, uh, disregarding the stock market because it's completely on, in its own world, but the actual global economic situation, uh, you know, money printing and, uh, you know, depressionary scenarios, GDP shrinking. How much does all of that do you think affect or potentially slow all of the pace of innovation? Like, I know we're at this inflection point, but could that actually somewhat stop or stifle it, at least temporarily? So I actually believe the world's in, you know, the, the, the finance world is even more distributed and decentralized you know, not maybe decentralized is a discussable term. Depends what do you mean, but it's more yeah. distributed as 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 even as internet. You know, so finance is the most distributed thing. You know, what from what we learned in you know two thousand eight and stuff, like no one knew what's going on. Truly, there was no person on earth who understand the whole complexity of things. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, so there were some bad intentions, good intentions, but but really, what happened is it just happened. You know, it's it's this spider web of things happened. So, so the, the, the world economics is just such a complex thing that it's, you know, no one can really with a certainty say, oh, this will happen this way or this will happen this way. But if we talk again, like narratives, you know, if, if, if someone like something like Bitcoin currently is the only truly decentralized uh, concept in the world, right? There's nothing else as decentralized as Bitcoin. At least I don't know. And, you know, feel free to argue. I, I but, would not argue that. Yeah, I agree. So, so, you know, can it serve as money? Yes and no. In some situations can, in some no. You know, can it just become a reserve currency? There's a gazillion issues with that. So I believe anyone saying a particular scenario is also just, you know, you know, giving an opinion. No one knows because it will happen, uh, you know, sort of, with noise of the world, you know, with geopolitical events happening, you know, COVID proved us that anything can happen any day, you know, you know, God forbid asteroid can hit us tomorrow. Yeah. But well, apparently that's a possibility <laughs> now because it's 2020. So <laughs> yeah, but, but fundamentally, you know, if you compare things, if you compare a scarce asset like Bitcoin, which, you know, does not inflate, if it will, you know, if, if, if people will need its utility, uh, more people will want to have some to use for, you know, for something. That means some people will buy a lot of it as an investment. Some people will buy, you know, $3 to make a transaction, which, you know, can only be made in a digital way. Some people just like the utility of, you know, having money in a USB stick, you know, or, or having a, you know, a, a backup passport, you know, password as, as your own store of value. So there's many utilities to it. And, and with that, you know, comes logical conclusions. Again, if you do the modeling, if more people use it, there's some velocity measures which makes it, you know, you know, makes the price do one thing or another. So I think, you know, in general, uh, in general, uh, 
no one's sure how 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 the economy or monetary you know things will change into crypto but fundamentally digital assets will bring more utility better utility and and if they will be used they will have certain share of of, of money so i wouldn't i wouldn't speculate of what will happen but i'm for sure guaranteed you know the the growth of digital asset concept in general this train cannot be stopped basically <laughs> yeah yeah i would might, say might so. take a detour here and there but it's a pretty pretty much a foregone conclusion at, at this point so going back to the internet um i guess just like sort of a bigger question is if everything you do succeeds if all these improvements are made what is for an average person like me, what's my experience on the internet 10 years from now? What's the perfect picture there? Yeah, 10 years is, is, is huge. 10 years Five is years so much from, from, now. from now. Five years from yeah. now. No, but, but, you know, we can stay at 10. I'm just like, you know, magnifying the point. 10 years is so huge. So, you know, the, the favorite article I read a couple of days ago uh, was... Uh, researchers sent uh, some data through, you know, a single link uh, with an incredible speed. I don't want to quote the numbers, don't want to be wrong, but it would be equivalent of like sending almost all internet traffic and, you a know, blink. Yeah. A, a blink or a short period of, of time, basically, you know, many, many times over these times of speeds. So that, that will happen, you know, technologies like 5G, you know, will bring you, you know, whatever, 10x, then 100x, uh, new technologies will bring better speeds. It will just keep increasing. Then that will allow new opportunities from the business side, uh, you know, to, to create new products. So edge is a new trend. You know, more and more computation goes into edge. Uh, edge connects to 5G well and has, in, you know, incredible speeds. So more and more computation can be done uh, on, you know, in the cities and the small devices uh, instead of going to the data centers for compute. So there's these fundamental shifts which will allow uh, devices to communicate much better with you know, almost zero latency, uh, way more computation to be done. And that will, you know, that will create things like, uh, you know, you know, not only things like you know, 16K video streams or something, that would be the you know, obvious thing which will happen, the quality of things will improve. But it will enable breakthrough, you know, breakthrough uh, ideas, breakthrough, uh, you know, concepts, uh, which, which, you know, which will emerge, and we we super happy to see that, you know. So there's there's technologies where with, you know, hundred gigabits a second throughput, uh, become possible. So like virtual reality. I mean, we're gonna the yeah, artificial intelligence and virtual reality and things like this. Everything yeah, is gonna so become my, automated. We'll be able to create other worlds, you know, of virtual reality and things like that. I imagine. So virtual reality is a great example. You know, so volumetric uh, video, for example, you can you can you can scan you know eighty gigabits gigabytes of data a second or a frame uh, with a. 3D scanner in the room, right? So that not doesn't only scan the video, but also the volumetric information of things, and 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 that is like thousands of gigabytes of data per you know minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know you want to store. So if you want to have a video of that, that's thousands, you know, terabytes of data being transferred. Now, if you want to have it real time, well, well, good luck with that. Then you need you know uh, hundreds of gigabits a second of throughput between your device. And your router, but if the computation doesn't happen on your router, you need same throughput to the server which does the computation. 
for that you need both V computation and incredible throughput and zero latency. Uh, you know, not so zero latency, speed, but low latency. I mean, at a very basic level, it's a matter of speed and processing power. I mean, power to some degree. I mean, quantum computers and instantaneous data transfers yeah. and all these things, right? I mean, so we're just so talking about basically everything thing. happens in real time. Yeah, so quantum is a different beast. So it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, I read some stuff in, in the last couple of days. So, you know, linear, standard computers, you know, have a limit uh, of what they can do in certain kind of problems. So once quantum computers get to certain, uh, you know, availability and certain, you know, certain speed, uh, they will start to uh, crack problems which are now impossible for the, right. for the current computers. Then you have two types of computing for two types of problems. One which we can't solve now and, 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 and we even treat it as a feature of what we can't do, uh, such as cryptography is based on things you can't you right. know, compute out of. Uh, so, so, so quantum will be not a, a linear change and you know, better, faster, more, you know, even, even things like virtual reality, I still call them incremental technologies because they're still based on things like you know, monitors, you know, things we make incrementally better with technology. Right. Quantum is a different beast, and and you know what what we joke about is once we start, once we finish create, you know, reinventing this new internet, you know, we'll do a quantum internet, where information, you know, is being sent, you know, immediately, instantaneously. Before you even you know, before you even know that you want it, it's uh, arrived. <laughs> yeah. So you know, if if you know if if bits can change information across the universe, doesn't matter the distance with zero latency. That's the internet you want, right? Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's above my pay, that's above my pay grade, but certainly. So, I mean, it sounds like the future becomes, I mean, where your people are, I mean, it's kind of like the matrix, but you're, you're plugged in and everything you want to do or everything you need kind of happens in real time, you know, via, you know or, or you never know, or you plug out and you understand. Yeah. <laughs> Which pill? <laughs> Choose. Blah, blah, blah. So you, you, you also own another company, right? I, I guess we've got your cloud, Noya in the cloud, and then you have the other cloud. You own a vaping company, right? Yeah, that was my previous startup. So we, we started that several years ago. As I said, when I, when I quit banking, uh, I went and traveled around the world. Uh, uh, and, and, and then, then did, you know, during that time, we started that startup. So I, I've built as a CTO of the, the e-commerce platform. Uh, where we had, you know, we have more than 40 shops uh, running the dashboards, you know, exchanging goods and, 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 and doing the, the service. That's cool. So not your first uh, entrepreneurial venture. Yeah. No, yeah. So, you know, you know, it's, it was, it was, it was a great, it was a great venture. And then, you know, I, I was, as I was more, uh, you know, more involved, more heavily in technologies, I, I sort of, uh, you know, uh, just grew out of that role, and then we moved. You know, we uh, we successfully launched that that company and had had people maintain the, the technology and run the service. Whereas I I moved to more you know deep tech space, which is you know the internet and the, the routing technologies, and and been doing that ever since. So, what should people be looking for from Noya in the coming six months, year? How can people get involved if they become passionate about the project? run a node, become an investor, you know, buy the coin, any of those things. Yes. Yeah, so what they can expect from us is progress. 
uh, for sure. And uh, so, you know, if, if being more specific, we definitely are launching the, the platform and the, 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 the product is a self-service platform for every developer or DevOps or a tech guy to, to use and, and, and start creating networks. Uh, we're definitely launching the network. Uh, you know, the thousands of nodes relaying the traffic uh, we'll see the thousands of optimization opportunities available on, on this, this new layer of internet. So there's, there's exciting stuff to come definitely uh, because we spend so much time building the technology and doing the homework. Uh, you know, on, 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 on the token side, uh, we're working heavily on the new tokenomics model. And, you know, we, we we're taking time with that because the numbers need to make sense uh, in real business world because what we do is related to real servers real data being sent through. Uh, so we need some answers uh, from the industry and the network before we can, uh, before we can get some answers. And, and, and that's why we're taking time uh, to, to make, you know, to, to, to get those answers and push out the new model system for our token, which will be an incentive-based system to grow the, the network and make it self-sustainable at certain size of uh, market capitalization and, and, and size of the network nodes which you know needs to be there to enable this this internet layer so there's in in the next half a year there's for sure exciting news coming out and then uh, we expect to grow the company uh, a lot you know the team size so we 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 heavily hiring now into you know the tech team the, the product team uh to work on those uh, streams and uh, we're publicly tradable on on, on kucoin and some decentralized exchanges uh, you know, uh, so so there's definitely ways people can get involved uh, and support us in the Telegram community channels. Uh, you know, we have a ambassador program, uh, which is, I believe, poised at the moment. But you know, you can always reach out uh, if you if you want to get involved at some point. You know, we're always happy to learn feedback. You know, get comments, discuss with us on Telegram. Uh, oh, so there's awesome. many ways to you know to to get involved. And where can people follow you personally after this? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, you, you can find me on Twitter and, and on Telegram and our channels where, you know, you can ask questions. You know, I try to find time and come and respond. Uh, it's you know, it's, it's always, it's always hard, but we do amazing AMAs. We definitely do enough AMAs where people can join the next AMA happening and, and in either our own Telegram channels or some of the other, right. uh, you know, influencer, uh, or, or Telegram group channels. Uh, we do Ask Me Anything sessions where you can ask questions uh, and get more information about Noah. Ask things personally. You know, ask ask me or, or Bill Norton, our co-founder. You can ask questions about DARP, our routing protocol. Uh, we sometimes get really technical if you're into that kind of stuff. So, you know, feel free to reach out. We're always happy to, you know, to share. I wish I was more into the technical stuff. I just want faster internet that doesn't uh, go down. So if you can do that for me, I'm going to be really happy. I'll always be a fan. Uh, well, thank you so much Fingers for taking crossed. the time. I really, uh, really no appreciate problem. It was you a being pleasure. here. It's exciting to hear about what your guys are doing. And like I said, since you say you're at this inflection point, it's kind of exciting because I know in six months, this would be a very, very different conversation. So I look forward to I seeing. I believe so. You know, I yeah, believe I look, so and I hope so. I look forward to seeing the product. Well, thank you again so much. Sure. No problem. Thanks. That's dope.